Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and this week I am honored to have to my right, Deacon Jeff Grzynski. Hello, and I've got my fake smile on. Your fake for smile? For radio. Wait a minute now. You're supposed to be happy to be here. What do you I mean you're faking thrilled. a smile? I am thrilled to be here. You just got back from a week in I'm Florida. Just, you should I'm just, be happy. I'm just trying to temper my response. I don't be overexcited. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wonder what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> my temper? I have <laughs> a bad right. temper. No, not temper. Your ability to temper. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to tamper the temper. Yeah, I'm glad you're here for this show because I know we're going to have a good discussion. Guys, we're going to be talking about temperance today, specifically the need for temperance. It's the virtue that is in the narrow road for the month of January. And, you know, I picked that virtue because I believe that it's there's not really a better virtue you could work on in the new year because everybody's always looking for, you know, these resolutions, these changes in their life. And temperance is such a great virtue because it calls us into moderation. It calls us into um, reining in some things that maybe in our life are out of control a little bit, reining in our passions. We'll talk about all that more in a second. You know, but I don't. I, I do want to mention here at the beginning of the show before we dive into that topic that we are one month away from our first Just a Guy in the Pew retreat that's going to be happening out at Our Lady Queen of Peace Retreat Center in Danceville, which is right here outside of. Uh, you know, Memphis, Deacon Jeff, you've given many talks for Curcio out there at the retreat center, and I'm excited you're going to be a part of this retreat. You I know? can't wait. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be a great opportunity. Yeah, you're going to be giving this grace talk, and you guys, this is going to be a really cool weekend. If, you, if you're looking for a way to start your year off and to get into the into the spirit, right? To get into this moment of, I want to change my life. I want to live for Christ more in this year than maybe I did in the last year. Retreats are great for that, and this one is specifically designed to, to help you come to grips with the things that aren't right in your life, to help you start to get rid of those things. We're going to have confession, adoration, mass. So we're going to enjoy the sacraments. We're going to learn about our identities and who we aren't and who we are supposed to be. Uh, and we're going to learn about what it means to have a relationship with Christ. So this is a weekend where we're going to do all of that, but we're also going to fellowship you know, this isn't just going to be sitting around and listening to talks in you know all day long, where your rear end's getting numb and you're, right. it's beautiful outside and you wish you were out there. That kind of thing. We're going to have plenty of time for us to just be together as men, to enjoy bonfires and you know cigars and things like that, and all kind of different things guys like to do. So it's going to be this this weekend that's going to have all of that. You're going to have service to one another. We're going to worship. We're going to fellowship, and then we're going to form. So, you know, guys, the retreat is $350. You can fly into the Memphis airport and get travel from there or get, uh, you know, arranged. Transportation. Transportation is what I'm trying to say, yeah. And then join us for that weekend. All your meals are taken care of. You're going to have your individual room to sleep in. It's a very nice retreat center on 130 acres. So if you're looking for a way to start your year off and to be with other men that are trying to walk this walk with you, then go to justaguyinthepew.com. Go to our events page, and right there in the middle, you see a place where it says join us for a retreat. Click that, and you can sign up. Now, you're going to get a bunch of other stuff, too. We're going to have some T-shirts for the retreat, some other you know stuff that we'll send you home with, too. But what we really want to do is help you get closer to Christ and to, to be the husband, father, brother, and son that you're called to be. So, again, that takes place February 4th through the 6th. You can register now. There are still spots available. So if you want to do it, jump in now while there's still space. So, again, that's at Our Lady Queen of Peace Retreat Center in Danceville outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Other than that, uh, guys, here in the next couple of weeks, I'll be in Minneapolis at Our Lady Queen of Peace 
uh, church in January on January the 21st. I'm speaking to the men up there, and you're, everybody's welcome. They've invited folks. They've sent stuff out to other parishes. So if you're in the area, come up there. I'd love to meet you and love to share what uh, the men have asked me to share up there with you. So, Deacon Jeff, that's what we've got in the next couple of weeks. But I'm so glad you're here. You know, Victor, we're doing this in the middle of the day, and Victor couldn't, you know, get away from his job, of course, uh, to be here. So I'm glad that you could fill in. And as I said at the beginning of the show, you know, there's this – the virtue of temperance is one. When I started looking at this for the narrow road, I found it very difficult to write on. Uh, sometimes you get things like patience, or and you can write something on that pretty quickly. There's a lot of scripture that speak to that, speaks to that, a lot of church teachings. And, you know, temperance is one of the cardinal virtues – and what I found interesting when I was looking at this was, you know, the catechism says that it's one that that all the other virtues are centered around. Right. You know, and, and as I started to write on it, I was like, man, I'm really struggling with writing temperance with my wife and temperance with my kids. And and I, I started to realize, well, maybe I have a problem with temperance myself, and that's why I'm struggling to write about I, it. I, I don't think you are the only one in the world that has a problem with temperance, sure, if you do. Sure. Uh, it, it's, it's very common, and it's usually like this overlooked thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see that as the problem. Right. Right. You were talking about New Year's resolutions earlier, mm-hmm. and we all make them. And, and, and we usually make a resolution uh, about things that we need to fix. Right. Right. But, but of the symptoms, but we never go back to what causes those symptoms to happen. Yeah. Right. The illness itself. And that's where temperance comes in because we need to avoid the illness. So living a temperate life is how you avoid having all the problems that you're going to have resolutions about the following year. Amen. Right. <laughs> so temperance is a good way to start and we right. should all be focused on temperance yeah. and what that means for us. Well, and I mean, for those of you who may be listening that, that may not know what the virtue of temperance calls us to, the catechism in 1809 says that temperance is the, is the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. It ensures the will's mastery of instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what's honorable. The temperate person directs sensitive appetites towards what is good and maintains a healthy discretion. So, you know, Deacon Jeff, obviously we live in a world these days where it's a free-for-all. Right? Yeah, everything <laughs> you just said there is impossible in the world. Right. right? Really the world is. would say, what are you talking about? Yeah, it, it is. It's really this do what you want, however you want, how much you want, and whenever you want. Go to the extremes. It doesn't matter. You don't need rules. You don't need regulations. I mean, you see it in just the revolt of religion period these days. You know, people just saying, I don't need any governing morality or anything. I need to live my life the way I want. But we wonder why, when people live that way in the world, why is there so much depression? Why is there so much loneliness? Why is there so much addiction? Why is there so many suicides? And All it's of just gotten things. worse right. right? in the last 50 years. It hadn't gotten better. Right. Because the more uh, awakened we become to progressive ideas and thoughts and, and this new way of looking at things, it's just gotten worse. Sure. And, and the world would tell you, like, the, the key to happiness is getting whatever you want and as much of it as you want, right? And and you wonder how people fall into alcoholism or drug abuse or suicide or any of those things is because they're buying into this lie that like, I just, I, I can never have enough pleasure, right? There's never, there's not even a thing as overindulgence, right? And right? we've forgotten that how to, how to, you know, the, the gift of moderation, you know, of how God has given us all these things to enjoy in certain ways. But like, there's a difference between drinking a couple of beers a night and drinking 20 every night, right? right? There's a difference between... Um, between some of the other things that we see that we do in our lives, eating, for example, like there's a difference between enjoying your meal and gorging yourself to the fact where you can't get up and move. Yeah, you know, and there's as you said, all this stems from wounds and from other things in our life that we don't always deal with. But you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen, I ran across a quote that he said that I really liked a lot about this, 
And he said, never forget that there are only two philosophies to rule your life. The one of the cross, which starts with the fast and ends with the feast. The other of Satan, which starts with the feast and ends with the headache. Yeah. And that's where we wind up a lot in our life if we're not if we're not understanding the value and the gift that temperance is of uh, you know from God to us is is that we're not supposed to just go through life overindulging in everything that we're called to moderate to, to moderation because the Lord knows what's too much of a good thing can be too much of a good thing and so we're called to to really combat two big sins in our life that 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 um, that come up a lot with this and that's gluttony and lust Right. right, gluttony is just that 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 not having temperance, that that not having moderation, just diving headfirst into everything, and and just having no boundaries or limits to what you're doing. And then obviously with lust, I mean, all we have to do is look around the culture and see the free for all that it, that that our sexuality has become in the world. You know, where you turn on shows that are, you know on cable TV now, and there's you know a fully naked woman walking around the screen. When I was growing up, certainly when you were growing up, that stuff wasn't allowed. There was oh, no. nothing like that. But now, you know, you wonder why, well, why do I need temperance maybe? Well, look at porn. You look at it once and then you can't get that image out of your mind. And then you find yourself sitting in front of a computer all the time or your phone or whatever doing things because you can't, sex has now become something different for you. You can't ever have enough of it. There's no moderation. And you wind up in a horrible place watching stuff that's not only bad that it's porn, but now you're watching crazy things because it's never enough. Now, we also, I, I know that in, tar, in terms of all this, and I know you, you pulled quotes from the catechism, mm-hmm. uh, and, and of course, the catechism is all, it's, it's theologically based, certainly, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's leading us closer to Jesus, right? So it's certainly, it's, it's good. It comes out of the church. The, the church is the, the mouthpiece of God, you know, and so everything is good that's coming there. But we want to make sure that when we're talking about like gluttony and lust, that we're not just talking about it in a secular way. Sure. Because those are things that people do uh, when there is a hole in their heart, yeah, right, and 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 because I've I've preached about it before and I've talked about it from my own personal experience, that like there was a time in my life when I really didn't have a good relationship with Jesus, and I know most of us go through those kinds of times, sure, and I and ascribed it this way that I had this hole in my heart. I discovered no matter what I was doing, there was this hole, and no matter what I crammed into the hole. So imagine this 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 terrible hole that every time you put more stuff in the hole, the hole gets bigger. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a terrible, you know, Hollywood special effect. You remember the the scenes you've seen in horror movies where the guy's trying to run down the hallway and they do some kind of lens trick that it moves and the hallway just gets longer as yep. you continue oh, to yeah. run. Well, this is what happens with this hole in our heart. And that hole is there's only one thing that will fill that hole. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. That is it. That nothing else will fill that hole. In fact, everything else will cause the hole to continue to get bigger. Yeah. So gluttony and lust, I mean, at the heart of these things is a lack of a relationship with Jesus. Right. Yeah. And we and we have to be aware that all of this is just not about I mean, temperance is its goal is not just to make us all a bunch of bores. Right. I mean, there's sure. still so much joy in life. It's just that we realize where that true joy is coming from. Well, and I think you, you make a good point there too. Like a lot of times people confuse temperance with abstinence and it's not it's just it's that place between abstinence and overindulgence yes right where we can manage these things i mean god gives us plenty of things in life to enjoy but to your point if you're trying to fill that hole with something else then a lot of times not a lot of times all the times it's never enough right so you know i have a few drinks to take the edge off but then a few drinks don't do that anymore right 10 drinks don't do it anymore 20 and now you're an alcoholic 
or yeah. you're having liver problems. You talk to any addict and they will tell you the same thing that it started this high was here at this at the beginning and it was easy to get that high. And then after two, three, four, five and more times, the high is impossible to achieve again. That first initial with the endorphins and the all the stuff that fires off in your brain. You can't get that back. Sure. It can't happen again like that. So you keep trying. Right. And it requires more and more. And then you're lost at that. point. Right. You're right. And, and it's not just about I mean, we could talk all day about addiction and substances and all those things. But there's temperance of all sorts of things yep. like of your emotions. You know, think about you look around the world today and we have lost the ability to have a conversation. Yeah. Right. If we have different. You're viewpoints, an idiot. Yeah. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, people would agree with you that I am, I am an idiot, but I think I've made a good point there. But <laughs> but honestly, there's, you know, you look around today and, and, and 10, 15 years ago, even you can have a conversation with somebody about two different things, political, whatever it is, and say, okay, well, you know, that's your opinion and this is mine. And we just, you know, agree to disagree. Nowadays, it's like you're canceled and people hate you and you're getting hate right. mail and people are like graffitiing your house if you have an opinion that isn't, you know, going with theirs. And we see so many times, even in scripture, where where some of these passions like that were unbridled and, and, and not moderated, and they, they wound up in a lot of bad things. I mean, one of the first ones I can think of is Cain and Abel, right? Where God, you know, appreciates uh, Abel's gift and Cain's not so much. And what does Cain do? He goes out and he kills his brother, right? That cancel anger, culture. Yeah. First cancel culture. <laughs> That's right. That anger is just let free. And he goes back to something where now he's he, he's... You know, God sends him on his way and marks him so nobody harms him, but he's basically sent off. And you look at his lineage versus the lineage of 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 uh, the other children of Adam and Eve of Seth, and they're kind of Cain's people are labeled as just the ones that are not of God. Basically, you right. know, they're 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 the ones that are given into wickedness and all of these things. And all this was started because someone didn't govern their passions. They did. God even tried to warn him, like, like, look, don't worry about this. I appreciated Abel's gift, but like this doesn't mean that I don't love you. But Cain couldn't get a hold of that anger. Yeah. And so he let it take over and he killed his brother. I mean, if you want to look at it as, as a form of lust, and look at David. You know, I mean, David's on a rooftop one day and he looks out and sees this beautiful woman bathing and next day he's a murderer. Yeah, calls her <laughs> up there and and you know, when he finds out that it's 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 one of his best friend's wives, you know, someone that's that's leading his armies and has done so much for him, he doesn't hesitate. He goes, no, I want her, and I'm going to get him drunk, and I'm going to send him off to battle, Yeah, and I'm going to take his wife. And, and oh, by the way, put him on the front line so he dies. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, That's make sure he doesn't murderer. come back. Right? He didn't kill him, but he basically right, but, knew he was going to be killed. But here's these, in, in both of those, you're looking at situations where there was a choice, right? I can either let my passions govern me, or I can govern my passions. And they chose wrongly in both those situations, but... At every time in our life, we always have a moment in that temptation, in that hardness, in that difficulty where God has given us a gift in temperance to be able to stop and say, what is the right thing to do here? Am I flying off the handle? Do I need to do these other things that I'm thinking about? And it gives us an opportunity to not just fly off the handle into these bad decisions, but to say, where's this coming from to your earlier point? Like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel this need? Is there a wound? Is there... Um, a, an issue in my life that I haven't addressed that's, uh, that's causing me to act out in this way? And if so, can I temper my emotions with this gift that God's given me in the moment and start to look at what the actual problem is instead of flying off the handle? You know, you, you mentioned uh, uh, like taking the time to stop and think about that. You also mentioned the fact that 
like in our world, we don't have any more civil discourse, right? We don't have, we don't discuss things. Sure. We don't, we don't take the time and we don't reflect enough. And that's, that's part of this uh, battle to, to regain that virtue of temperance is really being able to take that time. Um, I, I don't know if you remember the, uh, back in my day, uh, I just turned 60, so I'm like ancient. And, and, uh, <laughs> Man, when, when I, when I was a kid, there was a book, uh, by, I think his name was Robert Fulgham. Uh, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. Yeah. I mean, it's a basic, simple, uh, and, and, and there's a basic, simple premise of like stopping and reflecting. And I remember like as a kid, you know, when you started to get mad, you were taught by your, your parents or, 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 or a, a good adult would yeah. teach you to, be, to, to, you know, count to three sure. before or count to 10 or whatever it was before you said anything, before you reca- react, before you did anything. And that little bit of time was enough to diffuse whatever was you were going to fly off the handle. Sure. Right. And as we get older, we forget to count to 10. We forget to count to three. We forget to do to even stop and think like, what are the pros and cons of what I'm getting ready to do? And and that's one of the that's one of the enemies of temperance. Yeah. Right. You can't be you can't moderate when you're not paying attention to what you're doing. Mm. So you need to take the time you need to reflect. Yeah. And, you know, we always talk a lot about the gifts that the church gives us and these weapons because we are in spiritual warfare. Like, that's something that, you know, I don't think we talk enough about in the church. I mean, there's certainly people who do. I mean, you know, Father Timothy Gallagher, Dan Burke, some people like that. But I think that your everyday person doesn't really realize the spiritual battle they're in all the time. Yeah. You know, we look at things as like, man, I messed up and I made a bad choice. And we don't look at these things as like snares of the devil that are in our life. Yeah. And that God has given us these different weapons. You know, we always talk about the rosary as a weapon, and it certainly is. But temperance is a weapon in those things. Because these these passions, if if they're left unbridled, this is what the, the devil knows that we have certain needs that are limited, but our wants are unlimited. Right, and so he plays off of that all the time, and he gets you to say, "Hey, you know that that drink or that being mad at that person, you're you're justified in that, and that's this is this is a good thing for you, right? Or you need this, and and we listen to that voice, and if we don't listen too much, we wind up at a place where we are far from Christ, where we are far from the Lord. You know, if you ever find yourself in that place where, man, my faith is just hard to live right now, or I feel so dry, we really need to look at how." Are, how we are keeping our passions, right? How are these things being kept in check? Are we are we doing things that we know take us away from the Lord? Have we given in to those things, those snares that the devil lays in front of us? Because in this regard, and I'll share this, you know, sharing this with you before the show. You know, we just came off of Christmas break, and I told myself, all right, I'm going to from December the 18th until we go back to work, which you know, January the third or whatever. We, I'm going to be totally present to my family. I'm not going to do work, if you will. And I found myself like relaxing a little too much. You know, I found myself drinking a lot, like almost every night. And that's a point where I was like getting stupid drunk or anything. Right. But where I was like, man, I'm really, you know, spending money on beer a lot. Um, you know, having four or five beers a night. Uh, you know, this is, this is something that is not going to be good. This is something that if I don't stop right now, I'm going to wind it. It's not going to be four or five. It's not going to be six or seven. It's going to be this. And I know because of my, my past of, of habits, you know, uh, being a creature of habit that I could very easily find myself in a bad place. And so my prayer, and, and it's so funny that temperance was this month, was like I, I'm sitting here preaching about temperance and I need to start practicing some in my own yeah. life. Because this is going to be an issue. And, 
you know, the, that's the way the devil plays. Oh, it's all right. Look what you do all the time, right? You work so hard and you're out there trying to help people. It's okay to just kick your feet up and, and relax in this way. And, you know, just you know, everybody does it and that kind of stuff. That's the way he talks to us so that we start going, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And we start turning away from the things that we know we do in our life that keep us in the place we need to be with the Lord. And it's such a gift to have this temperance now, this virtue, which we've had all the time, that really does, as the catechism says, the the other virtues are, are, are rolled around it, right? Because temperance keeps you in humility instead of pride. Yeah, it's prideful to go. Well, you know, everybody, you know, I do need this. I deserve this. I, deserve I work so this. hard. I need to fly off the handle. Right. You know, just for a weekend. Right. It which keeps, turns into a month. Right. Which turns into a lifetime. Right? <laughs> and the next thing you know, you're got a problem. You can't find yeah. your way out of. With chastity, right? It's okay. Like, you know, I don't want to bother my wife all the time. I'm not hurting anybody looking at this stuff over here and taking care of myself every once in a while. It's less burden for her, right? Now you're now it's invading chastity, right? Chastity is involved with that temperance of saying, no, that's not right, right? That's committing adultery. That's that's breaking commandments. That's all of these things. The temperance, temperance is what goes along with our conscience that keeps us in the place that we know we're supposed to be. Where you go, you know what? I've been down that road. That's a slippery slope. I don't need that. Get out of my head, devil, right? Get behind me, Satan, as Jesus said. Yeah. Right? And that's that's what we're called to do as men, is not to live these lives of just, it's a free-for-all all the time, right? I should have what I want, when I want, any way I want, how I want. No, it's a Christian man, a disciple, is someone who tempers his passions, who governs them and doesn't allow them to be himself to so be So you're talking about them. govern, and, and these are all, again, these all go back to like reflective moments where you make decisions. Yeah. And, I, and, and we can't talk about temperance if we don't talk about the word balance, right? right. And, and trying to find balance in your life. And, and, and just be reminded of this, that, that temperance, uh, that virtue, right? Balance cannot be achieved without your full conscious participation and mm-hmm. the choices that you make. You don't just find yourself in balance. You don't find yourself in temperance. You actually have to find temperance sure. and find balance <laughs> by your actions, by the things that you do. So um, take control, step step into your life and go like, wait, stop. Let me just take a breath, figure out where I am, what's going on. How do I need to achieve balance? I- I'm out of balance right now. You find yourself out of balance, Right but you won't find yourself in balance. Right. You've got to find balance. It's it's something you actively do. You sound like Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the Karate Kid yesterday. It was very familiar. But no, you're, you're exactly right. And that's what... Send we, the flaw. That's right. <laughs> wax on, wax off. Yes. But, they, um, but that's what the Catechism says about virtue in, in particular, right? It says that it's a firm and habitual disposition to do the good. Yes. And what you're talking about is making an active choice every day. That's right. Running your life and not let your life, your life run you. Yes. And it's there's another quote I found. I, I had to read this one because I love it. It's, it's from St. Dominic. It says, a man who governs his passions is a master of his world. We must either command them or be enslaved by them. It is better to be an, a hammer than an anvil. And I love Ooh, that quote yeah. because of the way that it ends there. But, you know, guys, if this is something you're dealing with, Look, I mean, God gives us a gift to be able to combat all of these things. If you're finding yourself a little bit out of control, if you feel like, you know, your 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 life doesn't have any sort of moderation to it, there's an answer to it. And it's this virtue of temperance. And that's why, you know, through the narrow road, we're going through these virtues every single month is for you to actually practice them. I mean, we can't sit there and say like, Lord, I, I want to be more temperate. And then five seconds later, there's some snap or thunder cracks and you're a temperate person right. now. No, it's, it's an active choice that we have to make and we have to live it in our lives. And that's what that narrow road is trying to do every month is to get you to say, okay, here's what I'm focusing on. Here's the four relationships in my life that matter to me the most, the ones that God says matter most, himself, 
your wife, your children, and your neighbor. And now I'm going to look for these opportunities in my life to practice this every day. So, you know, guys, we're going to be going through these all month. Uh, and I just, you know, you can sign up for the narrow road at just a guy on the pew.com. But I, I never want to leave the show, Deacon Jeff, without talking to people about, okay, well, that's great. You said, you know, all this stuff about temperance. Yeah, help me get out of this mess. Right? Yeah, where you do wanna... I go with this? Yeah. And the first thing I would say is be honest with yourself about places you're overindulging, right? Whether it's your, your anger is quick to, to, to fruition or whether you're drinking a lot or you're watching porn or whatever it is. We all know where that place is in our life, right? When you think if you're Catholic, I need to go to confession, there's a meter that goes off and goes, ding, I got to go tell them this. Right. We know where that place is in our life. So let's be vulnerable. Let's be honest about it and start to look to do something about it. You know, you're never going to get over a problem by simply realizing you have a problem. You have to make a choice to do that. You know, the next thing I would say is spend time looking for the wound of the root, like you talked about, Deacon Jeff, of why you're lacking temperance in your life. What is it that's causing this behavior or this outburst of anger or of pleasure or seeking something uh, to overindulgence? What, what's causing this? Because it's not just, um, it, it, you don't look at the symptom, look at the cause of it and try to figure out where this is coming from. Uh, spend time actively trying to choose virtue over vice. Look in your life for these moments where you go, all right, I got a choice here. I'm really angry right now and I want to lash out at somebody, but I don't have to. Right. There's there is an option to scroll up <laughs> right yeah. on Facebook. There's an option to just go, you know what, I'm not going to let that control my life. And then four, just ask God for the grace to grow in the virtue of temperance. You know, God wants us to grow in these virtues that he's given us. So there's nothing wrong with asking for it in prayer. Right. That's why we have the prayer in the narrow road every month. It's specifically for that virtue is so that every day in your life you can be asking for that virtue. If it's something good, you're going to have to ask for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, guys, again, these are things we're going to be talking about. And I'm so glad Deacon Jeff's going to be with us again for that retreat, February 4th through the 6th. You know, I'm really looking forward to that time. So many of you have asked for this and just wanted to get together with Victor and myself and some of the other guys that you hear us talk about on the show will be there. It's going to be a great opportunity to meet some of the priests we've been talking about, Father Gio, Father Martel, some of the guys you've heard me talk about for several years now. They're going to be there, and we're all going to be looking to grow in virtues such as temperance. So, again, you can go to our website at justaguyonthepew.com. You can go to the event page and click uh, join a retreat or join us for a retreat in the middle of the page, and you can find the way there to do it. But, you know, I just want to leave you with this thought. St. John Vianney says, here's a rule for everyday life. Do not do anything which you cannot offer to God. So, folks, focus this month on temperance. You can do this. You can control your passions. Just let God help you with it. How to eat an elephant one bite at a time. <laughs> right. Start small, but you can do it. That's right. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, temper my desires, O Lord, and turn my focus towards you. Deliver me from the tendency to go to the extremes that strain both my body and soul. Help me to be content with what I have instead of constantly seeking more. May I come to recognize the grace of moderation that brings both contentment and appreciation. And Father, let temperance grow in me and lead me to discover other virtues that bring deeper union with you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.